Hi guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. This is your host, Ekta, and today I have with me the lovely Elise Tabin. She is the founding partner for Hush and Hush. She was also formerly um, the executive beauty uh, editor at uh, New Beauty magazine. So welcome, Elise. I'm so excited you're here. I'm so excited to be here and to talk with you today. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, I, you know, I just, I love being able to talk to people like you because you have such a, you know, unique career journey. And that's really where I want to start is um, mm-hmm. take us down, you know, memory lane with how you got into beauty to begin with, you know, the industry. Sure. So I've been obsessed with beauty and writing and magazines for, oh God, as long as I can remember. I mean, I remember being a little girl and going with my mom to Publix, the supermarket down here in Florida, and always begging her at the checkout counter to buy me a magazine. And the first thing I would do when I get home was tear through it and rip it apart and cut out pictures of lipsticks and make inspiration boards and just study it from A to Z. And that really started my passion for all things beauty and, um, you know, from a content perspective, the writing angle of it and the creativity. And from there, I went to universe, sorry, Indiana University, where I studied journalism, majored in journalism. Um, and I just jumped head first into the, into the pool and had some, you know, internships where I got to do a lot of creative things, scripting and being on air at a very young age, which I thought was like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And, um, then I went into PR and marketing for a couple of years and I always worked on the fashion and beauty side of things. And then I had an opportunity to switch from PR and marketing to publishing. And that was really what my ultimate goal was. Um, And when I had that opportunity, I jumped on it. And one thing after another, after another led me to new beauty. And I came in after the very first issue was closed. It was a 2008, I think, um, at the time in a very small office. And over the years, I was there for uh, about 13 years. I worked my way up from an editorial assistant to the executive beauty editor. And I learned so much, met so many wonderful people, just really became immersed in all things aesthetic and beauty at my time there. And it was a great learning experience for me. And yeah. that's what led me to where I ultimately am right now, which is at Hush and Hush, a luxury beauty supplement company. Um, and I started there from day one when there was literally a folding table in a room and a name and helped wow. to found the company and create a lot of the messaging and marketing and uh, product ideas and just bring the idea of a supplement company to life. And That is in a nutshell how I got to where I am. That's, I mean, that's amazing that you've seen two huge projects from the beginning into Mm -hmm. this immense success. Wow. That's, that's really, really impressive. Thank you. It's been fun. It's a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. You know, you give up a a lot when you're starting something from the ground up, but I find it to be so rewarding and there's, there's nothing like that compliment when somebody sees either your story or your product or your, your blog or whatever it might be. And they're just like, I love that. And it's really helped me or I learned so much from it. I just, 
I like to give and I like to be able to help women and men throughout this entire journey of as we grow older and become faced with all these different problems that arise with age um, and just life in general. And so I always feel like if that's what I can do to help somebody and make them feel better themselves, then I'm doing some sort of good in the world. No, absolutely. I think that's really what beauty, I mean, for me too, I think that's the important part is that making Mm -hmm. other people feel beautiful. I think there's this one plaque I have, um, I've had it forever. um, That's like, you know, it's basically saying I want my life will be like making everything around me beautiful you know what I mean so it's like yeah just like kind of believe that I think that it goes a long way you know it's much more than just vanity and whatnot I totally agree I totally agree and you know I actually want to go down this road and talk about um you know beauty in our you know in our 30s and our 40s um and how like you know we perceive ourselves and what you think the beauty industry is really doing right now in terms of um you know, like making a place where everybody feels like they fit in. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. I think there's been a lot of shifts in the industry. Um, It's gone from, you know, one extreme of this was obviously years ago. Don't tell anybody what you're doing. Everything has to be super secretive and you don't want to divulge any of your secrets to the opposite end of the spectrum where it's been, you know, pare everything down, go as natural as possible. You use, use as many, I mean, as, as few products as possible. Yeah. Um, then back to being open and honest about what you're doing and with the, all the social media and the TikToks and Instagram and all that, you know, people showing their, their processes and their journeys and being open books about it, which I think is great. Um, yeah. And then again, swinging all the way back to the opposite side of it and saying that beauty is more than just vanity, like you had, you had just said, and it's really about how you feel internally, what your, what your well-being is, your mental mm-hmm. state, you know, it's, it's yes, how you look is part of it, but there's so many other facets to it and how it's really become full circle and that you know, everyone's definition of beauty is totally different, but it's yeah. not just what somebody looks like. It's so much more than that. I think that the the energy you give off, what you put out there into the world, how people yeah. perceive you, just your overall um, attitude and, and take on things is really what makes you more beautiful than the way you look, you know, Absolutely. that's just like, no, the, it's, that's just cherry on top if you look really good and you've got no lines and wrinkles but yeah yeah no I totally agree and I think that's the thing like you know um I think when I think about beauty in our in in the 30s like like you know I'm in my mid-30s and I you know when I really look at it now compared to when I was like I don't know 18 years old or you know in college like a sophomore in college like it's a very different way that I approach it you know what I mean like it's it's not like oh I want to buy the the cool makeup and have you know the pretty look when I go out with my friends now it's more of like well what makes me feel good you know Mm -hmm. like when I wake up in the morning and I have a glow on my face like what did what caused that to happen you know was it like you know was it the music I listened to right before bed or was it a skincare product or you know what I'm saying like it's like a whole different almost market I feel like that I'm you know I need in terms now compared to before so it's just interesting how we grow in that 
I agree. I think that I think that there's a lot of different facets that play into it. And I think that as you get older, just in general terms, anybody, um, you just start to open your eyes to things differently than you had viewed when you were younger in your teenage years as a uh, early 20s, you know, young adults. And you just really look at life through a different lens. And I know for me personally, some of the things that when I was younger were bothersome to me, I've learned to um, adapt to and just say, this is who I am. And that that's how it is. And I'm not going to start changing, you know, certain things about my appearance, because I'm 42 years old. And I've lived with it this long, you know, so if it's something that can be quickly fixed, then that's great. But to sit there and try and figure out like, oh, well, is this what's really bothering me? Or just say, you know what, it is what it is. So what I got a little bump on my nose. Okay, if I can inject it with some filler and be done with it, big deal. But I don't need to get hung up on some of the things that I think I used to get hung up on when I was younger. Right. And I try and teach that to my daughter. I have a 12 year old daughter and I try and teach that to her all the time. I say to her, you know what, this is not the end all be all, you know, you're 12. I know you think it is, but I promise you, like, you're going to, you're going to grow into yourself and your body. And you're going to, you're going to love yourself more and more as you get older, because you are you. And that's what I always try and tell people. I mean, I have so many friends that come to me and they're always saying, what should I do about this? What should I do about that? I said, you don't need to do it. If you you want to do it, because it's going to make you feel better then I'm all for that. But don't do that because everybody else around you is doing it. Do it because you truly want to do it. Or don't do it because your husband's telling you, oh, you look better with bigger lips. I mean, no, you do things that you want to do. And also, as you get older, there's things that you you look at it at 40 or 45 and you say, oh, my God, when I was 20, I never would have considered doing something like that. Or I never would have thought that I needed to use these types of products or have these types of treatments done. But I think as long as everything is, is done in perspective and for the right reasons and you look at it um objectively yeah then that's what's I guess learning about beauty as as you get older yeah no I know and I completely agree because you know I think it's it's interesting um when we talk about like the you know the vanity side of it you know like I don't know maybe getting a procedure done like you know you were talking about or getting like you know some sort of consultation or you know there's a lot of there's this like not a stigma but there's a lot of emotions around all of that you know what I mean it's almost like the people have this duality where it's like well I don't feel like I should have to do anything to change my appearance but at the same time it's like they're trying to make a reason for why they should do it because at the end of of the day that's what they want and my I think my take on it is just when you really learn to accept yourself you (laughs) you know you'll wake up and you'll you'll feel like no, I, you know, I don't have to do anything, you know, it's just that it's that, you know what, I would love to actually go to a med spa and, you know, have this experience or whatever, you know what I mean? It's just the reasoning for what you do, for why you do what you do is going to be completely different, you know, like, yeah. It's funny you say that because there's a doctor, a plastic surgeon out in Detroit, Dr. Anthony Yoon, who is hysterical on his social media. I mean, he just takes all these topics that we're talking about and he puts them into like real life perspective and makes makes light out of some of them that they aren't so serious and heavy. And I think he does a great job. But anyways, 
he put up something the other day about um would you allow your teenage daughter under the age of 18 ha- to have plastic surgery and and he asked this question and i thought it was a great question because like you're saying like you have to do something for what you want you know yeah. and you have to look at it as like how does it how does it benefit me as opposed to I'm doing this because, you know, this is what everybody else is doing, or I don't want to be associated with this type of um, feature or whatever it is. But, you know, you've got to really think about it. And I always go back to the expression, you do you, but you have to do you in the right way. You know, there's a time and a place. And that's where I think it really becomes um, important to be smart about what you're doing no matter what age you are you know 18 48 68 whatever it is like you've got to you've got to really take into perspective what it is what the situation is and and what's the best route for you yeah I agree and I think that one of the big things you know especially with that question um you know it makes me think of other things as well it doesn't have to be plastic surgery it could be something like birth control it could be something like yeah you know there could be there's so many different medical things that I think people are very confused like what's the right age where you start doing this you know like for example Botox I'm not gonna lie to you growing up as a millennial I always thought Botox was for the Beverly Hills girls you know what I mean like I didn't really I didn't you know I didn't grow up you know with in my mind thinking Botox is ever an option not because I looked down on it but because I just didn't grow up around it and the people I would see on tv were just people I you know I wasn't like you know I guess associating or like you know relating to them so it's a very personal thing but now I look at it and I'm looking at it from a medical perspective and I'm like you know what if I were to get something done on my face it would be Botox hands Mm -hmm. down because Mm -hmm. I know the medical you know what I mean I know the medical benefits of it I understand it on a whole different level you know our level of consciousness and you know understanding grows immensely between just our you know second decade of life and third decade of life you know what I mean so when you have a teenager that's 18 years old saying mom I want plastic surgery for me I feel like the answer there as a parent would should it should be well I need you to tell me realistically why you want plastic surgery you know what I mean like sit your Mm -hmm. kids down and understand like what is it that led her to ask you know what I mean right I don't I I I really doubt that an 18 year old is going to sit here and have this kind of conversation that you and I are discussing you know what I mean yeah I agree I agree well it's probably going to be like well because you know so-and-so just had it and I want it too as opposed to like a real deep conversation about what it is. But I also think that, you know, a lot of these younger girls that are under 18 that are doing things like that, your body changes. Like, yeah. don't, don't yeah. jump at the first opportunity that comes along when you're, when you're not even ready for it yet. Because, you know, so many things change as you get older. Right. And, right. you know, sometimes it's, sometimes it's a matter of just, letting your 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 face or your body or whatever it is age or just doing the research to see like maybe this isn't really right for me you know like you were saying the birth control maybe for some person it might not be the right option and they might find something else a different type of birth control that works for them maybe the pill is not the best option you know so I think that that's where there's still so much room for education you know you 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 see all these things out there and it's a lot of people just go by whatever the the brand's name is, so to speak of it. But when they really yeah. dive into it and they say, oh, okay, well, I don't really know the difference between Botox and Dysport and ZMN. And I don't 
let me figure out which one's right for me. Oh, you know what? That's not really what I need. I need something else or, right, you right. know, so there's so much when you start scratching the surface that you, you learn about. And, um, I, I mean, know, I'm always fascinated thing, by it. That's, that's one thing, at least I'm really glad is happening right now is that all the dermatologists that have been coming up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, like I'm so happy that they are there because now I mean I did not know about any of the stuff that Mm -hmm. kids know now you know what I'm saying like there was no information and the fact that they're out here and they're they're really promoting like you know good practices for skin health good practices for you know dermatological care like that is very important um I actually want to ask you from your editorial um experience side of things um how you think uh brands have changed in terms of how they're um presenting themselves to the the consumers like yeah yeah, I know it's a very big question very big question it's an umbrella question but I really want to know um what you think yeah I think that there's a lot of brands out there that are doing a fabulous job and doing it the right way and then I think there's some that are um not paying attention to what's going on both in the industry and just in the world and are kind of in this siloed you know tunnel of just um I'm a beauty brand and I've got something to sell and that's it but when we go back to that whole idea of beauty being holistic and having so many different facets I, I think that the brands that are really taking a look at inclusivity and um sustainability and just being conscious of what needs to be in a product what doesn't need to be in a product like don't call yourself clean if you know that you've got seven synthetic ingredients in there you know like be who you are be what you're trying to do but try and do something that's like right by you know your consumers because um I feel like there's a lot of greenwashing out there and you know there's a lot of really, really smart, educated consumers. And then there's, there's some that just don't do their homework and I can't fault them because it is such a clouded market. I mean, every day there's something else that comes out. There's a new, there's a new cream for this. There's a new, you know, zit zapper. There's always something new and it's, it's hard. It's hard to differentiate yourself, but yeah, I think it really goes true. back to your brand pillars. If you truly believe in certain things and you put it out there as part of your brand identity and you carry it through, no matter what, then you're being honest to yourself. And I think that that comes across to consumers. Um, I, I think also it's, you know, it, you've got the heritage brands that have been around for a hundred years. You've got these indie brands that are brand new and just putting themselves out there. So I think when you're when you're new and you're launching in a world that we live in like today that's socially media driven and everything's digital and all these touch points versus a brand that's been around for you know close to 100 years yeah. it's probably a harder pivot for a, a a um a heritage brand because you know some of this stuff didn't exist when they right. launched 50 60 70 years ago. Right. Um, right. Yeah. No, I, I completely think- agree. I, I think that, you know, here's the thing, like I have a hard time um, understanding from the editorial side, like, you know, when is it that we have some a brand that is really doing something new enough to where you're going to publish, you know, information about them? You know what I'm saying? Because I yeah. see a lot of duplication in this market. I'm not going to lie to you, you know, 
if everyone out there like I'm a very blunt person so I'm just gonna be blunt I think it's BS there's like 15 different eye creams that are exactly the same and like 10 of them are founded by white women and it's like every single one of them has been featured in a major beauty publication you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. that's what I see and I have I don't understand that so that's why I'm like where on the editorial side is there this like filter of well is this is unique because of this and you know what I'm saying not just editors but even the consumers like I I want to know like where that feedback is of what makes it different and the reason I'm even bringing this up I know this is a very charged topic in a way but like bring this up because the other day I was interviewing a founder of a skincare line it's a it's a black owned line um he's you know it's really like a gender neutral line and I was having this conversation with him about how he basically approached um a retailer and they asked him well what makes your brand different from the next black owned brand mm-hmm. and I sat there and it was so triggering for me at least because I was like what the hell do you mean? You know what I mean? Like, why are we focusing on that demographic aspect? You know what I mean? From right. that, like, why are we not focusing on the product, what it's doing? Is it better than, you know, XYZ already on the shelves? And, you know, why, why can't we do that more? And that's why I get confused. Like, uh, you know, as an editor, do you have any like insight into that, that problem? Or is it just, yeah, I think there's, no. there's a lot, I think there's a lot of politics that have come into play where it used yeah. to be, a product is either good or is bad. And if it was bad, it just never got any type of publicity. Like if it did, just didn't work. Yeah. Um, and then everything that was good and actually worked and had a cool story behind it or a unique spin got publicity. But I think that there's so many um, political, you know, in, within the industry, beauty industry, publishing industry that come into play. There's a big factor with pay for play. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of brands get coverage because they support a, a publication. I'm not going to lie. It's the truth mm, and yeah. that that that's a huge um jumping off point for for this whole conversation because yeah. when you see something over and over and over again and like you're saying it's nothing out of the ordinary it's just a straight up eye cream or another plain shampoo and it has no yeah. story and it becomes you know the next new thing or whatever it is it's a lot of times it does have that, um, that component to it. You know, it could be that they have bought their way in, that they've got a really kick-ass publicist, um, you know, that they're just focusing so much on PR too. I mean, don't get me wrong. Publicist side, I give, I give those people a lot of props. Oh yeah. It's a hard job. That's a hard job. hard job. You know, and I know like I have such respect for some, some hosts that I know. I just, oh my gosh, amazing, amazing people slash women, you know, especially, um, totally agree. For real though, though, what you just said about the, you know, the buying in part, I get it. And I know that that's been going on and I just you know it's like that's what makes me so mad it's like you know when we talk about things like inclusivity diversity all those words that you and I were discussing earlier I'm sitting here thinking I'm like well there's this giant freaking wall right here Mm -hmm. you know what I mean in the way that everybody knows about and there's only few of us having this conversation Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah when I used to write editorial I mean when I would decide how I was going to go about covering a a trend or something that was up and coming I would try and do as much as much research as possible and when I couldn't find anything then I said I'm on to something you know so when I when I found out about a new ingredient and even if there was one product two products that had it and I couldn't find any other articles on it I couldn't find any journal papers on it and I couldn't find anything that really made sense but I'm like 
but obviously this is something that's cool. It's got a story. There's something to be told. Yeah. That's when I, that's when I would say, this is something that's going to going to be big. Yeah. And a lot of times, and that's one of the things new beauty has a great reputation for was covering, um, a lot of news before it became really trendy and yeah, we yeah. really did a really really good job of of the investigative side of things but you know i would spend a lot of time with brand founders and talking to their cosmetic chemists or r&ds or dermatologists and trying to unearth the story and see hey is this just another person that's putting out a milky cleanser because milky yes. cleansers are you know what's selling or is there something really unique about this brand? Is there something really different about the way that they are harvesting the ingredients? Is this, is this something that sounds like it's going to be the next big thing and nobody really knows about it? And so that's my duty as a journalist is to bring that information forward and to tell the readers and, and the beauty community out there that this is what's going on. This is what's happening. Um, yeah you know, and really expose things. So I, I think that it's, it, it's hard to have every outlet out there follow those principles because every magazine and every outlet and, and, and platform stands for something different. I mean, that's what, you know, makes the world tick, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But I still always go back to that philosophy of what is it that makes it different? Why is this story unique than somebody else's? No, regardless of, of, of race or, you know, what yeah. the category is demographic or, or whatever. Correct. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Correct. Mm -hmm. Totally. hundred percent. Like, I, I completely agree. And that's honestly, you're the one person I think I could ask this question so candidly to. So seriously, thank you for being so open-minded about it because, you know, because people get very, very, you know, they get touchy and I, and I don't think it's a touchy topic. It's just reality. And, you know, everything right. that you're saying is reality. And, you know, I think, in, in the beauty space, you know, at least honestly, I'm going to tell you, beauty for me has always been like a retreat. And I, I know a lot of, you know, a million girls and women can say the same thing, you know, but mm -hmm. it's been a retreat. And I, I feel like it's the one place I look at it as art. You know what I mean? Like how yeah. it's, it's an expression. It's a place for self-expression and acceptance and a journey that we all go through. And I feel like everyone has a voice and that we, sh we should you know understand that and make it a little bit more like diverse in the sense that if you know you've you've written an article about so-and-so's eye cream or so-and-so's like mask or something you know what I mean why don't you like like make sure that your next few articles are about something completely different you know what I mean absolutely something, like like take it up each person take it upon yourself to make sure that you're doing something different every time and yeah that's I think you have thing. to spread the love you know you yeah. can't be so pigeonholed into just one category and also yeah. I think that there's um not necessarily you know, a big enough spotlight on the brands that are really trying to break into some of these untapped um, markets, these white yes. spaces that they see, yes. you know, it's like, instead of being looked at as like the redheaded stepchild, because you're doing <laughs> something new, yeah. look at it like, wow, they've, they've, they've actually found something that's totally different and something that's unique and I give them credit, you know, I give, I give brands credit for going into those uncharted territories and being the first one, because sometimes when you're the first one, you don't 
always get the recognition that you deserve. You know, sometimes it's the third brand that comes out with it that all of a sudden is the one that explodes. Exactly. But exactly. I always feel like the one that takes the step and puts themselves out there and says, I'm going to do something totally different. You know, I've got this ingredient. I'm going to encapsulate it in a way that nobody's used before because it does this, that, and the other. Or I'm going to create a brand that is totally different and it's going to touch on different aspects of how we age or different aspects of hair health or whatever it might be. Right. That's where I think that the credit needs to be given where credit's deserved. I completely, completely agree with you. And I love that you think like that. I, I think, you know, I, I, especially now, I think it's changing. I mean, I've been very, very blessed and lucky to have interviewed so many of so many phenomenal, you know, editors and, and writers. And so, you know, I, I'm really hopeful because it is changing. We're definitely seeing more, you know, obviously like this is a skincare podcast. So, you know, there's a lot mm-hmm. more tech being involved in skincare, which I love, you know, the science, but I think mm-hmm. it's definitely a work in progress. You know what I mean? Like we have a long oh, way yeah. to go, but there's some, you know, some people out there are doing amazing work and, you know, I really salute those who are. So, you know, I agree a forward, <laughs> but, um, you know, I want to, I want to shift a little bit because I want to talk about, like, I know you recently posted, um, about, by the way, you looked amazing in your post. Are you recently Thank posted? You. Yeah. And, and I, I want to talk about body image and all of that. And as we grow as women, like, right. You know, is there any message that you can give for all the women listening out there that might be, you know, coming into themselves, especially I know twenties and, you know, it's a hard time. Right. But I love yeah. your post because it was very strong and it was very, I loved it. I loved everything about it. So can you, Thank you. give us some nuggets of wisdom? <laughs> yeah, that, well, to back up for a second, that, that post, um, I, I wrote the caption and put it into, cause I use like a planning app for Instagram just to make my life a little bit easier, but yeah. I, I rescheduled and unscheduled and then scheduled that post. I think I counted 27 different times before I just bit the bullet and said, whatever. I'm just going to do this. You know, I, I, I'm not that person. I'm very open and I will tell you everything about what I do, what I use, all of that. But when it comes to like body image, I mean, I'm still a woman. I have stretch marks. I have, you know, fatty areas and I, I work really hard and I finally got the courage and I said, you know what? I'm 42 years old and this is, this is what I look like. I'm proud of it. You know, I, I I don't have a six pack abs and I don't have, you know, everything perfect, but girl, please. You you, looked amazing. Like it was awesome. You've got, but I work hard at it. I work really, really hard at it. So I guess my message is that you can't discount yourself. You can't beat yourself up over it. Nobody's perfect. There is no such thing as perfect. Embrace who you are love yourself for who you are. Um, you know, be honest with yourself. It's okay to say, yeah, I look really good today and not be cocky about it. And it's okay to say, okay, I put on a couple extra pounds, but I know why, because I've been eating chocolate for every single meal for the last three months. So I think it's all about, um, just owning who you are. And it's really funny that you say that because I got a text message from my daughter today. She's, Mm -hmm. she's with my ex-husband and she was saying how she wants to get, have a six pack and she wants to put on 10 pounds of muscle by the end of the summer. And she's 12 and she's, she's 60 pounds. Okay. So I tried to tell her gently that that 10 pounds of muscle, that would, that's a lovely idea, but 
that your body is not equipped for that right now. And I don't want you having this mindset of that's what I need to do because you're comparing yourself to a friend that's a gymnast who has right. a totally different body and is working herself in a different way than, than you are and yeah. trying to set up the reality of, of what is a healthy expectation versus what is not because, well, you I know, think kids now are different, so different than when I was growing up too, because, you know, obviously like hormonal changes have been yes. very different for the newer generation of children. Obviously there's like growth hormone that's been in food that, you know what I mean? There's a lot of oh, things yeah. that play into the environment. And it's like, I think, you know, when I was growing up, it was a much more like in your face, like you better look like this bikini model or you're not, you know what I mean? Right. Like you're not cool or you're not going to be accepted. But now I feel like, you know, and it really goes back to what we we're talking about, like good editors, good writers, like putting real people out there. Like this is what humanity looks like. Right. You know, like don't be, exactly. fat, don't, don't be mean to yourself because every human looks no. different, and, you know? Yeah. And you, and you can't beat yourself up because we're all genetically programmed differently, you know? Exactly. Like, my genes are different from yours and my daughter has different genes than, than me. I mean, yes, she's my daughter, but still, you know, it's not the same exact sequence. And that's why I said to her, you, you, you can try and do what you, you want, but at the same time, don't try and make yourself be somebody else, you know, accept yeah. yourself for who you are. And if you want look, you want to cut out some of the sugar because she eats a ton of crap. <laughs> that's a, that's one step in the right direction but at 12 years old no way are you going to be beating yourself up saying that you've got to go into the gym every single day for an hour because you want abs by the summer like yeah I just that's... I won't let her do that because it's just not the the mentality that I think any girl no matter what your age is you know it, it should yeah. be I think you just you have to ever... be healthy yeah. um you have to you have to follow healthy habits you have to eat healthy but obviously everything in moderation and you you just have to realize like this is who I am and I have to accept it and love it and what I can improve I can and what I can't you know like I'm gonna learn to live with and it's gonna be okay I'm gonna be yeah. okay <laughs> and you know that's truly what body positivity is I mean I know there's been a lot of movements and a lot of wonderful work has been done towards this you know initiative to promote it but I think truly mm -hmm. what it comes down to is that self-love aspect and like self-care and I think you know, if you can really nail that down, I think the body positivity comes with it, you know? And yes. it's like, it's like, the, I've had days where I'm like, I haven't lost a single pound, but I look in the mirror and I, and I like what I saw the, then from the day before. Why? Because right. the night before I probably meditated more. I probably spent more time journaling or writing about something, you know, it, it's just, it just varies based on how much love you give yourself, you know, it really does. Yeah. And I, and and I, I also think, think that yeah. when you're happy, yeah. It's almost like a lot of that just, just, you don't focus on all the things that we, we all tend to nitpick on, you know, when you're, when you're happy and you're like, everything's going great. I'm, I'm happy in my job. I'm happy in my life. I'm happy in my uh, relationships, you know, my home life, whatever it might be, there's yeah. less time to focus on the negative and the minutia. But I, I, totally I feel agree. like when you're unhappy, then it's like you just pick everything apart. So yeah, I, I completely look at the positive and just say, you know what? I've got everything pretty good in my life. You know, it's it, 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 yes. Is it work? Absolutely. But that's also because my body has changed over the years. 
Um, but when I feel, when I feel good, I look good. And when I look good, I feel good. And I think that that's pretty much everybody's, you know, outlook on things is just to feel, feel your best, feel comfortable in your own skin and, you know, own, own what you love about yourself. Right. You know, I totally if you've agree. got great I legs, agree. flaunt it. Like there's, there's no shame in that. You know, if you've got, you've got great arms, then rock the sleeveless turtlenecks as much as you can, you know? Right. right. Do things that are actually going to boost you up at the end of the day, you know? Right. And, and I think like, you know, uh, it's so, it's so weird because we're still, I think as women, um, especially we're still struggling with this balance between, you know, being really pretty or being really smart. And I think it's a transition that's still happening, you know, like, yeah. I know when I was in school, I was a total book nerd. You know what I mean? I still am. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but like, you know, it was like as if it was a division, you know, it was like yeah. the division between like you, what you focused on. But I think now um, I see a lot more youth is, you know, they're more educated and they're focused more on like a balance between the two, which I think is important. You know, the balancing act, it had to come into the picture. And I think nowadays it's really being promoted. And I love seeing that in like mainstream media. Yeah, I think that's important. And I think that I agree with you. I think that that's, it can be had, you know, you don't have yeah. to be one or the other. And I love that there's really powerful women out there, beauty industry or other industries that you look at them and you're like, they're smart and they've got it all together and they're doing good. And, you know, yeah. they, they just seem to have so much going for them because like you said, you don't have to be one or the other. I mean, that, that world is starting to fade away. Um, yeah, thank God. <laughs> and, you know, you can, you, you, you can be successful and attractive and put together and well-dressed. It's not like you have to pick in life, like which direction you want to go in. Um, Absolutely. You yeah. just also have to believe it yourself. You know, I like I, I am all these things and that's okay. I agree. I totally agree. Yeah, 100%. Well, at least I have to ask you because I have to ask um, all of my favorite guests about your favorite skincare products right now that you're using. Do you oh have God. some favorites? That's, <laughs> that's I mean, that, that's such a hard question for me to answer, but I will answer it based off of what I've been using for the last month because I always like to give something a month um, yeah. in order for me to really see the results and see how it's working. Um, so I have been using right now the Holy Frog cleansers. My oh, friend Emmy made them from Emmy Parr. She made them and they're great. I mean, like my skin feels so clean with them. I absolutely love it. So that's a big check in my list right now. Um, I actually just bought the other day some more Environ. I don't know if you're familiar with that line. Oh, uh, not really. No. Yeah. It's a great line. It's more, I guess, um, professional grade and they have yeah. a really great vitamin A derived, um, serum and cream that I've been using for about the past year and a half to help with some discoloration. I love that. I'm a huge, huge fan of Retin-A. I mean like that yeah. and sunscreen are my two go-tos and I get people ask me all the time, what should I do? I'm turning 40. I need something new. My skin looks dull. And those are the first two things I always say. I said, if you're not using sunscreen, I don't know if we can be friends. And <laughs> if you're not using Retin-A or Retinol, you need to get on some type of retinol retinoid um so that I use I mean I always go for like the prescription classic retin-a 
And yeah. for sunscreen, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a diehard Supergoop fan. I mean, it's to me, such it's such like, an amazing line. Yes. It's amazing. <laughs> and it never makes me break out and I'm oily yeah. acneic skin type. And I've used a lot of great, a lot of sunscreens that I thought were great and may have prevented me from getting sun damage. But then I wake up, you know, three weeks later after using it. And I'm like, I've got breakouts everywhere. Yeah, so, I know. That's a huge one. Sunscreen, actually. You're right. Yeah. Sunscreens. Sunscreen's a tough one. Um, And what else have I been using recently? I've been testing out a new line from a woman. It's a very, very small. I, I, I mean, it's, it's definitely indie, maybe whatever is like smaller than indie. Um, yeah. She's a Harvard trains um, chemist. And she has this line that a friend of mine told me about. It's called Arboretum. So I've been using Ooh. that. And so far, so good. I mean, it smelled really nice. I always like things that, that smell like they should smell if they're supposed to smell botanical because they have botanical extracts in it, then like, don't try and cover it up you know, or if it's supposed to smell medicinal, let it smell medicinal. But I like her, I like her products so far. Um, there was a blue mask that I used and then, um, a toner that I've been using. Oh, and then there's this other, there's this other, oh, it's so good. I have to actually run into my bathroom right now to tell you the exact (laughs) name because I always forget it. I bought it from knockout beauty out in LA and it's this niacinamide toner that's a spray that is amazing that sounds amazing it's amazing it's got um so many great things in it and it helps with like redness and inflammation and acne i love everything i'm gonna send you a picture of it afterwards so you can see it's called perfect b3 okay Um, i'm gonna take a picture and send it to you that is phenomenal now that i'm in the the cabinet. Let me see what else I got in here that I use all the time. Oh, I love the Mario Badesco um, drying lotion for when I have like a really, really bad breakout. Yeah. I love that too. And what else am I using that's in here that I can see? Oh, my friend Kendra from Alpen Beauty. Yes. She has the most amazing eye balm. That is always I always have that. I buy that like regularly. Um, she has the most amazing serum too. Oh my god! The gosh. serums are great. Absolutely yeah. great. And I also just started using a couple of weeks ago, a new line from Dr. Julius Few, a plastic surgeon out in Chicago. He's like a freaking genius. And I've known him for years. He came out with a line called A Fiore and he's got this facial oil that is so, so hydrating but it's not oh. um, pore cl- clogging. It's it's phenomenal. I absolutely love that too. And wow. I put every night on my lips the Sarah Hap um, lip mask because I oh. tend to get dry yeah. at night. So I really, really like that. And I mean, I've got gobs and gobs of stuff, but I think those are like my big, big ones that I use almost probably every day for the last month. I, I love that. I love. I mean, that. I could really spend a whole another hour just talking to you just about. What's oh in my, my gosh! Don't even get me started. <laughs> if I opened my bathroom closet, it would be like literally like I wouldn't even know what to say. If someone asked me this question, I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> it's a it's a hard one. It's definitely a it's hard, hard one. one. But yeah, that's what I'm no, into at the moment. I love it. I love it. I love that you shared that with us and all of the. I I recognized a lot of the stuff that you were saying the the brands and I can definitely agree. Um, Alpine Beauty is definitely one of the best lines I think I've ever seen. Like you know, especially clean beauty. Like you know, Kendra's serum is like 
I, I told Kendra, I was like, I use it as a primer. Like, I, I, no joke. Like, yeah, I use that as my primer under my foundation. It's so, so good. So, but yeah. It's great. Oh, and one more thing before I forget. Yeah. This also, it's, I have an older version called Cystiamine, but this is Cispera. It's a professional grade um, anti-discoloration and hyperpigmentation cream that it's actually, I, I posted something on my Instagram about it. Um, a couple of weeks ago, you, I've used it for a long time. You put it on over your dirty skin. So over makeup, don't wash your face. And if you use it once a week for about, I think it's like 15 minutes or so, it really yeah. helps with discoloration. So it's great for somebody who doesn't want to use hydroquinone, but has, Ooh. yeah, but has the pigment and they need, you know, some, something a little bit stronger. Um, that's a great, great, great option too. Wait, can you shout out the name again? The, the... Yeah, it's it's called Cispera, C-Y-S-P-E-R-A. Oh, I'm going to have to check them out. That's amazing. It's great. Wow. Well, thank you, Elise. This was awesome. I thank talked you. to you for, for days. Um, I know. This was such a fun conversation, and I'm so glad that you were so open to talking about some real stuff. So thank you My so much pleasure. for that. My and everyone pleasure. out there, if you have any questions for Elise, please leave them in our um, podcast art on Instagram. Um, we love hearing from you guys. So any questions or comments, leave them in the art. And if you have any advice for us or any feedback, please give us some ratings on Spotify or iTunes. We're available on seven different platforms. So I would love it if you really kind of gave us some feedback about how we're doing. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will be back next time.